Chapter Four of Mary, Our Little Norwegian Cousin. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Mary, Our Little Norwegian Cousin by Mary Hazelton Blanchard Wade. The Lost Pin. Mary, Oli, come here to me at once, called their mother. It was the morning after the christening. The two children were sitting with their pet magpie under a tree near the house. What can be the matter? Mother speaks so quickly, whispered Ole, as he and his sister hurried to obey. Have you seen the silver brooch I wore at my throat yesterday? said their mother, as soon as they came into the house. The woman seemed nervous. Her words came quickly, which was not a common thing, for she was a slow speaker, like other Norse people. Why, no, mother, of course not, said Mary. Did you put it away in the box where you always keep it? Certainly, my child, but I did not lock the box as usual. I found it open just now. Can it be that a thief has been here? It did not seem probable. Besides, my other ornaments are there safe. A thief would have taken all. I shouldn't wonder if I could guess who took the brooch, mother, said Ole. It's the magpie. You know you said magpies like all kinds of shiny objects. You handsome little mischief. Have you done it? said the boy as he looked at his pet. The magpie had kept his seat on Ole's shoulder. When the children came into the house, he looked from him to the boy's mother with bright eyes, as much as to say, I could tell all about it if I wished. It seemed as though the bird understands what we are talking about, but of course he doesn't. Still, I believe he has done something with your brooch, mother, said Mary. It may be so, indeed, children. The box was possibly left open, although I'm generally so careful. If that is so, Ole and Mary, you must find it. Unless you are able to do so, you cannot keep your pet any longer. You may be sure the children were anxious to find the brooch now. All that day they searched every nook and corner of the house and yard. You know, we let him fly around for a long time this morning, said Ole, when night came and still the brooch could not be found. If it was carried up into some tree, we may never see it again. Ole had crawled out upon the limbs of the trees near the house, and his legs were pretty tired. You can't do any more tonight, children, said the farmer, when supper was over and the family were gathering on the porch to talk over the trouble. Go to bed and do not fret. In the morning, let the magpie out of the cage and allow him to go where he pleases. Watch him, and perhaps you will find he has some hiding place where he stores his treasures. Those were wise words. The next morning the children did as their father had directed, and the magpie was set free. Five minutes afterward he flew out of the house, and away he went toward the barn. Now it happened that a pole stretched out from under the low roof of this building. In the winter time a bundle of grain was fastened to this pole from time to time. It was a place there to give food to the hungry birds that came that way. They might starve during the freezing weather if people did not think of them. A bunch of the old straw was still fastened to the pole. The magpie flew to it and alighted. The brooch may be stowed away in that straw, said Ole. I'll get a ladder and see anyway. A moment after, the boy was shouting in delight. I have it! 
I have it, Mary. How glad mother will be. Oh, you naughty magpie. We will be careful that you do not get any more brooches of my great-grandmother's. Delighted indeed was the mother when they came in with the lost brooch. You may go down to the shore and spend the afternoon. She said, you can have a fine time with your playmates in the village. A half an hour later, Ole and Mary were playing barefooted on the edge of the bay, or fjord, as you remember Mary calls it. But there was no beach of smooth sand here, for rocks and ledges covered the shore. There was only one little nook, where it was easy for boats to land. The village was built at the head of this narrow bay, as it reached far into the land. It was a long sail out to the open ocean. Mary had never yet seen it, although she had lived so near to the water all her life. It was a wonderful sight that the children looked upon this afternoon. Great cliffs rose high up from the water on each side of the bay. They were so straight and tall, they seemed to join it to the sky above. A waterfall came rushing down from the top of one of these cliffs. It made a whirlpool in the spot where it fell into the bay. But everywhere else the water was very quiet. It was so still that as you looked up into the steep mountains on each side, it would have made you almost fearful. It seemed so lonely and apart from the rest of the world. I climbed way up that cliff by the waterfall last spring, Ole told his sister, as the children sat down upon a rock to rest. Weren't you afraid? she asked as she looked at him proudly. Then she added quickly, Of course you weren't. I never knew you to be afraid of anything in your life. But why did you do it? I was after down for mother's cloak. The elder ducks build their nests in the crannies of the rocks. I found three of them that day, I remember. It seems almost too bad to rob the nests. But you know there is nothing so soft and warm as the down. And I shall be proud when mother has enough to line her cloak and finish it. Those ducks have a queer habit of plucking the softest feathers from their own breasts to line their nests. Don't you think so, Ole? Yes, birds are a great deal nicer than we are apt to think. You know, the mother bird covers the eggs with this down before she flies away for food. She seems to understand that they must be kept warm. And the father duck doesn't help her by bringing her food or taking her place while she is away. She has all the care on her own shoulders poor thing. If her nest is robbed of the down, she will pluck more feathers from her breast and line it again. If it happens the third time, she flies to her mate and takes enough from him to fill their place. But after that, her patience is worn out. She goes away and seeks another place in which she can build a new nest undisturbed. She certainly is a wise little creature, for she wouldn't be warm enough if she robbed herself too much said mary mother has been to the city of bergen and she says cloaks lined with the elderdown are sold in the stores there and that they are worth a great deal of money of course mary some men make a business of robbing the nest of the elder ducks it must be hard work too but see there comes the postman let's go to meet him the children looked down the bay and what do you think they saw at first it seemed as though a pine tree standing up on the water were sailing straight toward them but no one could see it as it came near 
that the tree was fastened to an odd little boat with a high curved bow the tree must be taking the place of a sail for the man inside was not rowing yet the boat came steadily onward is it rough outside asked ole as the boat drew nearer yes the wind was blowing so hard that i did not dare to pull up the sail but right in here it is quiet and calm enough to suit any one when the postman had carried his letters up to the office in the leading house in the village he came back to the shore and sat down for a few moments talk with the children this is a wonderful country of ours he said as he looked the shadows of the great mountains in the water and we who live here belong to a noble and mighty race never forget that mary will you my child oh no olaf i love to think of the grand old times when the vikings sailed out of these bays and traveled all over the world they were the ones who discovered america weren't they although i have heard it said that the honor is given now to columbus the italian hundreds of years before columbus lived mary our great seamen crossed the ocean many of our people went with them and settled in iceland but they did not forget their native land and the wonderful stories that had been handed down for centuries from father to son at last a wise man said i will gather together these stories of the norse people i will write them down and our children shall have them forever in this way the eddas came to be written they are dear to us now than any other books except the bible is it not so children yes yes olaf cried mary and ole together and mary added we are so happy when father reads us from the eddas i hardly know what story i like best i have sometimes heard strangers in the land speak of our boats olaf went on they called them old-fashioned and say they remind them of the ships the vikings sailed a thousand years ago they have such high curved prows and are so broad but what do we care if they do call them old-fashioned we like it children for the old ways were good ways i wish i had lived in the time of the vikings said ole i should like to have gone with them on their daring voyages but why were they better sailors than any other people at that time olaf in the first place they were strong and brave they loved the sea and spent their lives upon it they trained themselves from boyhood to bear cold and hardships and besides all these things these deep bays were good places for sailors to learn their craft but i have stayed here longer than i thought i must go home this was the last village where i had to deliver letters or i could not have stopped by with you so long i will try sailing back but if i find the wind still strong when i get outside the fjord i can easily take the sail down good-bye the postman was soon far down the bay he passed several fishermen in their boats just coming back from their day's catch ole and mary waited till they came in what luck what luck cried the children i have had such a good haul said gustav who was the first to touch the shore that here is a fine large haddock to take home to your mother ole many thanks gustav my mother will be much pleased answered the boy as he received the gift then the two children trudged homeward clasping hands and singing one of the songs they had learned at school End of chapter four